I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host Jeff. Good day to you, sir. Good evening. Good evening. Do that sexy thing you said to me while I was waiting for you to drop in the Discord. What did you say? How do you like your balls tickled? Oh, <laughs> Hey, you said, gonna, hey, say the sexy thing. You said, I said the sexy thing. I said the sexy thing. You said like, hey, hi, like something way, yeah. way tamer oh. than what that was. Listen, I, you tell me but to go anyway, for it. anyway, usually with it. an ice cube. I, <laughs> listen, uh, welcome back to the movie Draft House. We're, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're back in the month of July. Here, 2022, with uh, MC uh, actors titular titular. This uh, is your idea. Actors of the MCU. But before we get into what we watch this, we've got to plug some some music for the month. Uh, music this month is brought to you by the the alternative rock pop band. It always fascinates me to hear you describe these bands. Yeah. Magnolia Park. They're from Central Florida, and they're they're making big waves in the uh, the alternative pop scene. You can find their music wherever you get your music uh, from, and uh, the song is serious. And p- please be sure to uh, like, follow, subscribe, download. Um, they're big on TikTok. We appreciate them allowing us to use their music on the pod. Jeff. Yes, Mark. What did we watch this week? Oh, we watched Ghostbusters Afterlife from 2021? Yes. Yes. Starring Paul Rudd, um, Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard from uh, whatchamacallit. Stranger right? Things. Yep. McKenna Grace, who I, is new to me. I've not seen her in anything else. And then, of course, the big ones, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Annie Potts, Ernie Hudson. Uh, one that I'm not going to spoil because it was great. And I it, I was like, wait, they were in this movie? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so. J.K. Simmons. Um, <sighs> and then a computer animated version of uh, Harold Ramis. All right. So you had never seen this film. And Are you asking or telling? No, you told you told me last week you had never seen this film. That's correct. So I I'm telling tell you I, that. Yeah, so I'm I'm regurgitating the information you fed me. Like a like a baby like, bird. Like a baby bird. Yes. Um So you had not seen this film. I had I went I, so this was released in and I think I think it was October. I think it was right before Halloween, twenty twenty one. And I went and saw this film in the theaters. And 
I remember being kind of caught up in the nostalgia factor of this film. It's because they this film is what they call a a legacy quill. Cool. What did se- they call it in Scream Five? A requel. A That's requel. what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and we're getting a lot of these lately. We're getting a lot of these type of films from from franchises that have been around for ever and most recently as this time of recording uh jurassic park uh or jurassic world dominion has released this summer and that was a legacy quill or a requel or whatever you want to quill it is whatever you want to quill it <laughs> ah, that's, that's pretty good that was, that was pretty good um, oh, thank you mark <laughs> but like so this film was is that and where it brings in stars from the original franchise and mashes it up with a new set of characters and we get we get a story based around the IP and in this case it is the ghostbusters let me ask you no okay i'm going to ask you anyway okay this so prior to seeing this film, had you seen the all the other Ghostbusters films? All one of and them? two. I did not see the remake uh with Kate McKinnon. Okay. So you didn't see that one. That was with Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and what's her name? Um Oh, Chris Hemsworth was in that one. We could have watched that one for Chris Hemsworth. No. Week. Um, oh, we're I mean, not we, doing Ghostbusters month. No, but we could have. I'm just saying he was in that. He was, he was a supporting character. Anyways, um, so you saw Ghostbusters one and two. When was the last time you saw Ghostbusters one or two? A pretty good while. I rewatched them within the last five years. I would say. Okay, so did this film hit your nostalgia at all? So I'm not really a Ghostbusters guy. Like it's not Back to the Future or you know it doesn't necessarily hit that nostalgia place that it does for other folks. What does hit the nostalgia more so than that is Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Hale Ramis, Ernie Hudson. That like those guys do when they're on screen, but really just Ghostbusters in general doesn't you know, there's a reason I didn't go see it in the theater. COVID. Right. Um, so Ghostbusters Afterlife is is directed by uh, Jason Reitman, who is the son of the uh, original. Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman, um, who directed the first two Ghostbuster films. And uh, Jason Reitman also directed uh, Juno. Oh, um, oh, a, 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 excellent movie. Right, a, right, a fantastic uh, comedy, indie comedy. And uh, he also directed um, Up in the Air. Uh, Not star- familiar. Starring George Clooney. Oh, oh yeah, uh, and Zeta Jones? No, that's Intolerable no. Cruelty. Yeah. Um, oh. the, uh, Up in the Air also stars What's-Her-Face, um, Vera Farmiga. But, oh, I love her. Yeah. She's great. So, 
he 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 has a lot of writing credits to his to his name. Not so many directing credits. Um, he produces a lot of stuff. But anyways, Sony tapped him to direct this film. And that's probably more along the lines of, hey, you know, your dad directed these iconic films uh, from the eighties. We want to, we'll want you to kind of bring it back. And I can tell you, for the second time watching this, I absolutely hated it. Okay, I was not prepared for that. You hated this movie? This the second watch? Yes, absolutely. Okay, and- hold on. All right, so before we dive into that, what's your relationship with Ghostbusters? Yeah, so... Um- uh, Ghostbusters 2 more than Ghostbusters 1. Wait, wait. You like Ghostbusters 2 more than 1? Yes. And I just really? think... Really? Yeah, okay. And I just think that's more because it's the it's the more recent of the two. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. That's your a- your ageism. Right. Whatever. Yeah. And, but, like, also, I feel like in 2, the characters are more... There's, there's a lot more going on in 2 than 1. Um, a lot more ghost busting, if you will. And uh, I, I, but like much like you, I, I'm just not a you know, I'm not a Ghostbusters, you know, uh, fanboy. And I, I, I mean, I've seen them multiple times, both one and two, and you know, I've I've seen the the most recent remake, uh, at least once. And I just, you know, it's just like it's it's a franchise that I'm 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 happy exists. I'm glad that there is a lot of um, nostalgia for this franchise, and I'm glad that these movies continue to be made. Is because I do think there are kind of endless stories to be told from a ghost busting perspective. Um. I just, uh, this film on the second watch where I'm not experiencing the nostalgia is because before I'd watched this back last year when it came out, I hadn't seen a Ghostbusters film since I was probably a teenager. And so I'm watching it for the first time and I'm kind of swept up in current, um, you know, like it's got, it's got a bunch of kids in it. And the kids are uh, pop culture phenoms right now. You uh, you hate children. I get it. Okay. I mean, yes, true. You're, but get off my lawn, old. You're an old man. Get off my lawn, children. Get out of my films. Yeah. No, I don't. I hate kids in films. Um, but like F- Finn Wolfhard, uh, you know, Stranger Things. It. He's kind of like a go-to. Um, actor to play a teenager. He's not that now. great. Like no, he's not. And okay. Right. I I, I, well, I agree. I liked his performance in it. I really love it. Chapter one. But I just, I'm not big on him, just in general. Yeah, like I, I agree. I and I don't think I think um, of the kids in this film. I think uh, the the actress playing, um, what's her name. Uh, the the daughter Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace. Yes, I think she's probably the best of the kids, and also the the podcast kid. 
Um, whose name is Podcast. Yeah. They really just were like, what are we going to name them? <laughs> Fucking Podcast. Yeah, the actor okay. is Lo- Logan Kim. Um, but of, the, of those two, they're probably the most charismatic of the children. However, I just found this film. All of the characters, other than Paul Rudd, who is being Paul Rudd in this film, and that's great. It's fine. He's full Paul Rudd. Right. Yes. Um, every character is unlikable to like the nth degree. It's it's crazy. It's crazy how unlikable all of these characters are. When you say all of these characters, Phoebe, unlikable. Initially, yeah. Podcast. Uh, no podcast. Po- all right, so podcast. You know, he comes across. I'm just as, naming them. I'm not, right. No podcast comes across likable because he's charismatic. We, right. We've already discussed that Finn Wolfhard. Neither of us are big. No, he's I can unlikable. totally. I can kind of get on board with Callie, who is the mom. Yeah. No, unlikable. T- extremely unlikable. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, Paul Rudd is. Paul Rudd. He's great. No, but like the this entire movie for the first three quarters of it shits on Harold Ramis's character. The that enti- it does. The entire Not Harold mo- Ramis's character, but uh the character he plays. Right. Harold Ramis is a is a legend. Yeah, no, but like this movie goes out of its way to shit on the Ghostbuster character that Harold, Harold Ramis plays. Egon Spangler. Egon Spangler, right. And I just I, I feel like that's 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 kind of ridiculous. Um it's kind of like even even though the, the movie ends on this redemptive note, um, I just feel like the movie spends two hours just shitting all over this original character only to go, well, you know what? He wasn't a fucking crazy dude after all. But if you're watching the movie, as as I'm watching the film, I'm like, yeah, I know where this is going. You know, I just, I, I get the whole thing that they're dumping on him. And, and clearly because Harold Ramis had passed before they started making this, he can't be in the film. So if you're going to, out of necessity, the character needs to be dead. And that's where the title Afterlife comes from, because even though Egon Spengler is dead, he's very much still a character in the movie as a ghost, um, which is not outside of the reality of the film or of the world the the film takes place in. No, so, but like, I mean, but you agree that the film just dumps all over his character. And it doesn't necessarily have to. That's the thing. It doesn't. This film that didn't need to be written to dump all over e- Egon Spangler in order to get to the point where the film ended up. Okay, you could you could have transposed any character in sure. in I, I, in the world into Egon Spangler's place and used Egon Spangler as a uh, a, a supporting force, I guess. And, you know, like Egon Spangler ghost, you don't ever have to show the man is because he's dead and you don't have to, you know, force ghost him into your movie. But like, I mean, throughout the movie, he's playing chess with, you know, his granddaughter. 
Um, right. You know, you never see him. And he's just moving, he's moving pieces on the board. And she's getting ideas from his ghost, but you never see him. That's fine. That's great. Let's do that. But to, to, to make him out to be a crazy person for the first three quarters of the movie... And the entire the entire town is talking to him as oh he's the crazy dirt farmer, you know. It's just like it just comes across as dumping on this dude that's dead, and he played this character in this in these original films. It just I I, I that didn't sit well with me, um, and I feel like they could like the the writing behind this movie could have been better, and that's not the only problem with this movie. But no, I have problems with it, but. Hate is a strong word, and it's a word you use to describe your feelings about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Sure, I, I, I strong. I did not like this movie very strongly. Uh, the second time, how around. did you? How did you feel about it the first time? I think I was caught up in a lot of nostalgia. I think I was caught up in the uh, the introduction of of new characters and a new um, and a a new setting. Yeah, but not new enemies, right? No, so right, not that, new enemies. That, but, that's Paul where Rudd, my but Paul Rudd, but Paul Rudd takes come in. Paul Rudd takes a lot of the burden off of this film just by simply being in the film. He yeah. he carries a lot of the the weight that carry you know like the, the the film the film needed somebody to be as charismatic as Paul Rudd is in this film. Um. And then, like, the last quarter of the movie comes around, and it just fucking falls apart. The entire the entire movie, the bad CGI, the bad um, prosthetics, uh, the bad storytelling, where we're turning, you know, Paul Rudd and and the mom into these Zool and Vince Clortho. Right, sure. It's just it. it I have I have a problem with all that. There the, is no mom. There is only Gozer. It just it did it didn't need this story didn't need to be told in that way. Um I mean like we build up the mom to be this very unlikable um uh just down on everything single mother of of two who carries her family across the country after to, being evicted right they have to be evicted in order for them to stay in this creepy haunted house right and that didn't need to happen like sure we, it did no we, we we didn't need to have her plight be oh she's so down on her luck she can't afford her rent so she had to take up space in this middle of nowhere farm no she could have just been a a a, ma- a grieving mother who didn't know her father, and she goes to take up his and, and uh, uh, essentially to settle his estate, um, you know, and just stumbles upon all of this stuff organically. But instead, we're forced to like the writing forces to try to feel something for her character, even well, though she okay. comes across they the need entire to film stay as in the house. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. Callie, unlikable, I'm on board. You and I, we see eye to eye. Now, they have to stay in the house for the story to work because they have to uncover all the mysteries that uh, Egon has left behind. Sure. And the only person that's able or willing to really listen is Phoebe because she is of a scientific 
mind state the same way that Egon was. And I mean, they wear the same glasses pretty much. So his ghost leads her downstairs to find the traps and all the, the various accoutrements that go along with being a ghostbuster. So, I mean, I get why you don't like Callie. I agree that she's largely kind of annoying. And there's even when she's sending her daughter to school, giving the advice, don't be yourself. Yeah, I hated that. God, yeah. That's, I, that's that sucks. Um, that's terrible advice. And, and of course, Phoebe refers referred bleh, returns the favor. Man, my mouth rubber baby buggy bumpers returns the favor after um, when her mom goes out on a date with Paul Rudd and says, yeah, yeah, "Don't be yourself," you know this. That's a weird relationship. And then when she starts, Phoebe starts to make this connection with her grandpa. Her hatred, Callie's hatred for her father, right. is so much that she says even more hurtful things to her daughter so yes Callie is not the best like even Paul Rudd says at this point hey you're a good mom you at least showed up and that's about it um so I am totally on board with that Finn Wolfhard totally on board with his character Trevor just kind of being a suck like he's what 14 15 and he's hitting on this 18 year old girl or whatever. And, you know, he's just being an awkward teenager trying to get laid. He sucks. And, you know, so, yeah. So it's really the best moments are Paul Rudd's moments, especially uh, his time with Phoebe. Uh, McKenna Grace's character is, is, is really good um, because they sort of respect one another uh, as scientists, which I enjoyed. And she makes a friend in podcast whose name is podcast because he podcasts and the genius and the, and the way he podcasts is very misrepresentative. But um, in what way? That's how you and I podcast. <laughs> we wear backpacks on the front and back with microphones. <laughs> I just I, 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 I don't understand. And I don't know if Sony had a lot of dabbling, which I imagine they did. Um, they probably butchered Jason Reitman's script into pieces and he was left with a bunch of bullshit and he had to I piece it together. No, like this was well received, although the Metacritic score is not great. I don't, I haven't seen the rest of it, but no, but from, um, from watching but the people film, I know that have seen it really enjoyed it. Yeah. But did they enjoy it because it was a good movie or did they enjoy it because it, it starred or it didn't even star, but it featured Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and and what's his face. Well, I can't speak for anyone else, right? But that's I, what I'm I, saying. Is that is that was this was this a good movie, or was it just people being in their feelings? Is because they 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 were watching things they remember from the '80s. That's what this is about, isn't it? You don't like things from the 80s. Okay, so are you saying that this was a good film? I enjoyed it for what it was. Right, but it was fun. But, but was it because your nostalgia? I don't have nostalgia for the Ghostbusters. I'm not a Ghostbusters guy. That's what I said. I don't care. I like it's it's fine. Ghostbusters is fine. It's like Star Wars to me. I don't care. Like, hey, I'll watch that, I guess. 
Like it does. Like I said, for me, seeing Bill Murray and and his stuff on screen was awesome. Just just because I love Bill Murray, but that I would need more than that to make a movie. And I feel like they did some more than that. I think Phoebe's character is fleshed out. Uh, I really like Paul Rudd, of course, we've discussed. And I like the mystery of, of locating the things and uncovering what's going on. Now, my problems are, though, is that they just did Zool and Vince Clortho and Garza again. Gozer. Yeah, whatever her name is. They they just did that again, which was the same plot from the first movie. So that would be a more of a complaint to me is that those ideas were completely unoriginal. So I I think that I think where a large problem with this my problem with this film lies is that they waited until like the last twenty minutes to in to to bring in Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Like, as opposed to... Like, I went and saw, very recently, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which stars Jeff Goldblum, um, Sam Neill, and what's-her-face? Um, the, the female from the... Laura Dern. Laura Dern, from the original. The movie centered... It, now the that movie's not good either, but at least I haven't seen it. Right, but it's not good. Uh, Scream Five is good. Okay, but and and also Scream Five. I mean, it, we're describing. We're talking about other movies. Here. No, Scream no, no. Five's good. No, but let, those these films actually make their original characters characters in this starring characters in their in their legacy quills or requels or whatever you want to call them. They don't. They don't introduce these characters, you know, at the very last second for you know uh, fanboy effect. Courtney Cox and I mean Dewey's in the movie for a good portion, but like Courtney Cox and uh, Nev Campbell are barely in it. Anyway, I don't want to. But that, you don't. You understand what I'm saying? Like I don't. Okay. So I've been debating it. Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion. Sam Neill, Laura Dern. Jeff Goldblum introduced early oh, on in Jeff the movie. Goldblum. Early on in the movie, and they are prevalent characters throughout. Even though the story is bloated and there's too many characters, at least the film tries to establish that they're a part of this story. Whereas Ghostbusters Afterlife doesn't. It just it just throws these characters in. Like, how did they get to Egon Spangler's farm? Where did they drove their car? Right. That is not the most unbelievable portion of the film. It, listen, their traveling concerns. I I don't know. I don't know. You 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 are you you seem to have liked this movie more than I did. It was um, fine. I it's not I, like it didn't blow my balls off or anything. I'm like, but I liked the the well. Like the Stay Puft Marshallmen, they were really tiny, but they were kind of like gremlins. I liked that, and then I liked you like the, the, the CGI back and forth between prosthetics and CGI of uh, of the the devil dog. Things. I thought the I thought the prosthetic dogs looked fantastic. 
Yeah, so like why the, did they go the practical? Why did they go to CGI? Well, because they Midway. needed them to move around. It's like in Jurassic Park, you know, when they could, they used pros- the uh, uh, practical dinosaurs, talking about the first one, and then when they needed them to actually do more than that, they went to CG. And I, I didn't have a problem with those special effects, really. They I, were fine. I thought they were cheesy in this film at best. I don't know why I like this this why I liked this film so much the first time and and really despised it the second time. But I'm, I'm just really wa- surprised. But I'm I'm watching it and I'm here for the podcast and I'm I'm like, man, this film sucks. You know, and I'm just picking up on things that I didn't really pick up on and and uh one of them being the the actual characters of of the film and I'm just it just it's bloated it tries to do a lot of uh of different things it introduces a lot of new characters but it doesn't give us any reason to root for other than Phoebe she is she is the now and and for good reason she is the uh, the centrical force behind the entire film. I I don't need to know who her brother is. You don't need to cast Finn Finn Wolfhard as as her brother. You don't need to give him his own. Yeah, story I think he him. could have not been in the film and it'd right. be the same. Right. Yeah. Um. I, you know, you don't need to. Her dynamic with her mom doesn't need to be as in your face as it was. Um. I could have just done with, you know, her having a relationship with her dead grandfather, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's where I, I think I'm my, my biggest disconnect from the film is, is that the film at certain times takes its, takes its time to hint on these, these subtle aspects of, Hey, Egon Spangler is still in this house. He's still advocating for ghost busting. And we don't even have to show him. You know, we don't have to do CGI, you know, Harold Ramis. Um, we don't need to, and ultimately you don't need to really introduce the, I thought the the conversation on the phone between Phoebe and Dan Aykroyd was fine. Um, you know, where she calls him and was like, hey, what, you know, what's going on? And I thought that was fine. That's a, that's a, that's a great, like, reintroduction to Dan Aykroyd. Um, and that's all you needed. I don't think you needed them showing up as the Ghostbusters, and and essentially saving the day. I it it just and it just I do. I will in. say it did seem kind of sh- like out of left field when they just showed up. Yeah, you know, it's like we're here at the very final battle. I that that was fortuitous. Um, but it didn't bother me that much because Bill Murray is still the king. I mean, the whole thing with him flirting with Gorza is still awesome. And I also don't know why you you cast Olivia Wilde as as Gorza and don't give her really anything to do. I mean, she's yeah. fine. She's she's fine as the character. Um Well, Gorza, and that was the only thing is Gorza's just unappealing sort of villain to me, like it's a, she's we a very David Bowie esque, um, you know, yeah, character, which is but, how the character was in the first one, right? But I kind of would have been happier with a, a new threat, 
And also, of all the things to bring back, why did they omit Slimer? Right. I, I How did Slimer never come I up? don't understand. I, like, I, I mean, we got different iterations of the slime creatures. You got the but... chompy, bitey boy. Right. <laughs> chompy, bitey boy. Yeah, right. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I like... Sony's not, Sony's not a good movie company. <laughs> okay, I just, that, I mean the Spider Verse films, or at least the first one's awesome. Okay, so they hit gold every once in ten. I don't um, know what movies are made by Sony. I mean, technically, the Spider Man uh, uh, Marvel films are Sony. No, I mean you go to the the they're um, published by Sony. The Amazing Spider-Man trilogy with Andrew Garfield. Those are all garbage. There were two of them. Okay, um, they're garbage. Uh, you, uh, the Uncharted films, or the, f- the Uncharted them. film was bad. It wasn't good. Um, let's go with Morbius. Morbius bad, not good. Oh, whoa! Yeah, no, it's whoa. We heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's stop. We got us. We're pulling into the side. What do you call that? The pit stop to talk about Morbius. So you watched Morbius? Yeah, I went and saw it in the theaters. Bro. Let's. That's my. That's oh, you my, did. That's my boy. I know it's your boy, but I didn't know you went to go see it. So, because on Twitter I see you sometimes defend this film. <laughs> I want to know right now what okay. we're talking about with Morbius. Okay, it's it is a. Uh, it's no better. It's no worse than the Venom films, but it's no better. Um, it is a film that is easily digestible and forgotten as easily. Um, it is not a f- franchise-making film, and nor should it be, and it, and probably won't be. Uh, but it's it's just there. It's it's a it's a film that tried to establish a, a character as a a side piece in the in the Spider-Man universe, and. And Sony is clearly trying to make the the Sinister Six a thing, and so and Marvel's like, "Nah, we're good, bro. <laughs> we're good." Well, it, you know, with Venom and Morbius and the Vulture and all these other you know characters, they're trying to get off the ground. Craven the Hunter and all this. It's Nobody just, wants that. No, right? Nobody That's wants what I'm movies with just the villain. Right. Like, like Venom, I could see working at some point. Like I, I could see that maybe working, but the rest of the Rogues Gallery doesn't work without Spider-Man, and frankly, neither does Venom because the whole thing is that he has the suit was on Peter Parker first, and then goes to Venom. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. I just this idea of them saying, "Well, we'll just what I would rather see them do." is what they've done with Spider-Verse, but also they have the rights to Spider-Woman, to Spider-Gwyn, to the Spider-Man in the UK, to Noir Spidey, to all these other Spideys that are not Peter Parker, or at least the main Peter Parker we all know, that they could do instead with their own rogues gallery, and it would be good. What if you gave Zack Snyder Noir Spidey? Wait, who directed? Um, I don't like Zack Snyder for one, but who directed uh, uh, Sin City? Zack Snyder. Yeah, give him the War Spidey. I think he could do something kind of interesting, at least visually, with that. Sure. No, I mean but, all, all the Zack Snyder films are visually, you know, appealing. 
Sure. Well, and and I well, I would probably watch a noir Spidey movie. I just yeah, I'm with you with this whole doing the villains. It doesn't make any damn sense. Like do Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Like you have the rights to that and it's not been seen before. Just do it. It's so stupid. So okay, we'll uh, get back get, on track. Yeah, We've get, been in the pit. Get back in, but like, so Sony has this has this track record of like just throwing a boatload of money at uh, you know existing IPs and just kind of just saying, "Hey, make a make a movie that like showcases your main leads," but like you know just bloat it up and call it Ghostbusters and which is what happened and uh, we're getting a sequel to this movie where we like it or not um it's due out in like late 2023 and at the end of the movie we we get the hey the the ecto one or whatever the number is um which was cool I, I did like that so that's one thing about this movie I did like I did like the introduction, a uh, reintroduction to the, uh, the 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 old ambulance. Um, it's the Ecto One, right? Hearse, and yes, it's the Ecto One. But no, it's, it's a hearse. It's not, it's not no, an ambulance. No, it was originally an ambulance, Bruh, It's a hearse. It's not a hearse. It was originally an old ambulance. Look it up. Okay, I'm not going to look it up because um, I'm right. That's why you're not going to look okay, it up. I'm a, I'm but it's a it hearse. Right All right, I'm going to look it up right now. Original. I'll wait. Ghostbusters vehicle. Uh, vehicle purpose. Sure. Okay. Um, the Ecto One was the vehicle that the Ghostbusters used to travel throughout New York City, busting ghosts and other entities. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. Um. So do two things. Okay. Put in Ecto-1 hearse and Ecto-1, what'd you say? Ambulance. And just see what comes back. Ambulance. Okay, I'm going to do that. Oh, we're both right. Ah. Okay. Ecto-1, was Ecto-1 a hearse? This is uh, according to the Ghostbusters wiki. It ultimately decided Ecto-1 and later Ecto-1A, whatever that is, would be a Miller Meteor Futura ambulance slash hearse combination. Mounted on a Cadillac? I don't know. Whatever, we're both right. It's fine. It's an ambulance hearse, which I don't understand. That's fine. Um, Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, ambulances are also hearse. Um, Whoa. Dark. (laughs) <laughs> the uh no I, I i did like the the reintroduction i thought that was very well done um even though they gave it away kind of in the trailers for the film um but like you could have made I, jason reitman could have made ecto one a completely its own character in this movie and for a section of it <gasps> like kit what if it talked no man i'm talking yes, about make it kit I'm talking about the where um, Finn Wolfhard's character and Phoebe and podcast they they go That's ghost busting through name. through the town. Every time I hear it, the fact they never gave podcast the real name is hilarious. 
<sighs> okay, go ahead. They're going through town. They're going through town, and, you know, they're trying to bust the 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 chompy, slimy ghost. And they're destroying the entire town in the process. But the the car is the the main character in this sequence. Um, is because uh, Phoebe uses the car's like extruding arm seat thing to. It's just a. It's a very cool. It's a very cool sequence. Okay, I really like that. Is because it gave the car its own unique feel, and it like it, it was a proper reintroduction to the car that. Uh, me, you, and everybody else in that generation grew up with it, from the original Ghostbusters. That's what you needed. You just needed the car to be its own character and be the 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 thing that gets these characters from point A to point B and can kind of save the day when the character's needed. And boom, you're you're done. But we didn't. We only got like a, a ten minute clip, and that was it. It sucked. I mean, the the sequence didn't suck, but it sucked that we didn't get more of the car. The car is in the movie a significant amount. They do the driving through the cornfields. They have the sequence you're talking about. Then they drive back from the sequence you're talking about. A lot of driving. Then Ernie Hudson says he's going to fix the car. And they take the car back. It's a whole car subplot. The car is not a subplot. There's no subplot for the car. Car gets its own arc. I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, like. You're not a, you don't have to like it. No, I, I'm just I, surprised I, you hate it. This is That's more surprising. And I'm, I'm giving you the reasons why I did. Sure. Um, I, I, all of them seem valid to me. So, like. So let's get let's let's boil it down to all right. We watched this film for Paul Rudd. Okay, and we yes. haven't really talked any about Paul Rudd, other okay, than yes. that he was fine. He was charismatic. He did Paul Rudd things. He was very Paul Ruddy. Uh, I would he did not talk about his thick at any point. Though. He didn't. He didn't put it all up in that badge. Um, yeah, exclusively. Other than maybe Cali, but. Um, he did they become, did. He did. When he did they were Vince Clortho and Zool. Yeah. That was a funny scene. Yeah, he, that he, was. He good. became. He became Phoebe's stepdad in that moment. But, um, like, I would have. I would have enjoyed like Paul Rudd being a Ghostbuster. You know what I'm saying? You gotta wait for the sequel. Ah, maybe. But like, introduce him at least at the end of the film as an like a bona fide Ghostbuster. Well, I think the point was to really establish Phoebe. I think sure. that's the big thing because, well, in podcast, but I mean, obviously they're going to put Wolf Hard, Ballsy, whatever his name is. He's going to be, it's like teenage Ghostbusters and then maybe his girlfriend's in on it, which I am not here for. I don't want teenage Ghostbusters. Give me Phoebe and Paul Rudd and podcast. Well, and that's it. Yeah. So like. And I also don't think if you're gonna if you're gonna make this new iteration of Ghostbusters completely children, don't do it. 
Just don't. <laughs> well, I don't no, think do I don't that's, think you need Paul Rudd. Answer. I don't think you need Paul Rudd. Uh, you need just don't do it. No, I, the, I think you need like answer. a master splinter type character. Uh, like Bill Van- Murray, not Vankman, but no, because Bill Murray's character would not be a good splinter. It would have to be Stan's. Uh, okay, uh, right. Ackroyd's character. Right, right, right. Okay, that's fine. I just think like there is so many different directions. Uh, the makers of this film could have gone and I just I'm baffled that they chose this direction like the the whole Harold Ramis and I, I get it that they may have been trying to pay homage to uh, Harold Ramis you know in this film I just I, I thought it was completely uh, backwards and just unnecessary and I was kind of I I'm not saying I was offended but I was kind of off put by them shitting all over his character for majority of the movie it just it just didn't sit right with me and I didn't like it fair enough how many Van Dams would you give this <laughs> um I'm gonna go zero uh no I I think it gets like it 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 takes it takes a little bit to get going but I think it gets two Van Dams. Well, it doesn't get any Van Dams cuz he's not in the damn movie. But if you were to give it stars, you would give it two stars. Yeah, um it does have a number of different action sequences that are, you know, um pretty good and, you know, pretty uh it carries the budget well, I guess. And so, um, like the 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 whole Ecto One action scene where they're going through the 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 middle of town that was really good. I thought, yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, I thought the the final sequence, even though it was bogged down with a lot of CGI, um, I thought it was uh, it was a lot. It was spectacular in its you know in its delivery. And so, like, I, I mean, it. it it's, the film is entertaining. I'm not going to say that. It's, I'm not going to say it's boring. I'm not going to say that it's it's you know it lulls in any spot. Even though it does take a minute to to get the characters established, but once it once it's set out, like every, once everybody's there, it's. I mean, it it, it runs and it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stop. The um, movie does progress <laughs> and does have a runtime. I just I wish I I wish these. I wish it, the movie was better written. And maybe the movie was better written. It's just Sony decided that that wasn't what they wanted. And uh, and Jason Reitman was kind of just a a pawn to to get the story on screen. But um, I, I, I refuse to believe that he made this bad of a movie. Considering his but other But you films. watched it yourself. Yes, I did. 100% okay. twice. Twice I devoted two hours of my life to this film. Congratulations. Yeah, four hours. You could have been watching Van Damme films, but you chose to watch this instead. Yeah, yeah. It's the things I do for the podcast. Yes. Me, on the other hand, this is fine. I mean, if you're big into Ghostbusters, you'll probably get the feels. But, yeah, it's fine. But it's not going to get a recommendation out of me. But it's good. It's fine. Just you watch. should. You I mean, should whatever. go watch. You should go watch the uh, 
the, the 20, McKenna one. Yeah, the twenty sixteen or whatever that one was, and see how that one stacks up against this one in your in your opinion. Um, considering no you're not a <laughs> no, no thanks. <laughs> I don't want to watch any more Ghost. Like the reason I didn't watch the old Ghost, the 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 that remake of Ghostbusters, because I I don't care enough about Ghostbusters. And the only reason I watched this Ghostbusters is because we do a podcast where I picked Paul Rudd. And I was like, well, I haven't seen it. I guess that'll do. I would have never probably ever seen this film if it weren't for the podcast. I just don't care. I get it. I get it. I'm 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 fine with that. That's, that's my brother great. was texting me. He was like, Man, have you seen Ghostbusters? It's all it's got all the references, and I'm like, Okay. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Shit ain't Ninja Turtles, though. <laughs> Shit ain't Ninja Turtles. That's a that's a good uh that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Um, that's how I review all films now. Shit ain't Whether Ninja or not Turtles. it's Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um so uh I'm not going to recommend it. Are you going to recommend it? Nope. Okay. Um, but it it's it's yeah. I mean, you've already watched it if if it's if you like Ghostbusters, you've already seen it. So probably whatever. right, sure, and and you've probably already forgotten it too. So, um, what, what are we watching next week? I don't know. I didn't pick this crap. Oh, uh, what did I pick? That's like a running oh, thing, the, right? right yeah. Like every time it's your movie and you go, "What are we watching next week?" I pretty much always say, "I don't know. I didn't pick this crap." Yeah, but most of the times it doesn't turn out to be crap. Uh, uh, really? Yeah, most of the time. Well, I got a feeling. Uh, <laughs> uh, next I week, got a feeling. Next week, we're going to watch the 2012 film, The Impossible, uh, starring Ewan McGregor, Naomi Watts, and Tom Holland, who was my pick uh, for MC, titular MCU characters. And so uh, we're watching twenty. So it's twenty twelve. So we're we're getting a young Tom Holland, but he is a star, a supporting character. I'm gonna say he's starring. But was there a Naomi Watts movie we watched for the pod? Naomi Watts. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, guess. I don't think for so. some reason it's like I feel like this is the second time we've seen her, but I I, I could be wrong. No, um, I've seen this before. It's been a little bit. I remember it being. I remember liking it a lot. Um, it is, uh, it's a film about the, uh, the su- tsunami in 20, 2004. Yeah. 2004, uh, that hits Thailand. So, um, so, uh, make sure you join us next week as we review that. We're going to watch it on HBO max. Uh, yes, we, we will. And we, uh, we want to give a shout out to Magnolia Park once again for allow us to use their music on the podcast. Make sure you hit the show notes for all their links. Uh, they're they're doing great things. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can find us at Movie Draft House, where uh, we pretty much just exclusively promote the podcast. So. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like if you just want reminders. <laughs> about when the pod comes out. There's no engagement. That we don't engage with you. We won't talk with you. We don't care. I did get somebody. Can... No, I did get somebody uh, that like commented on like uh, something on, something that I posted from the podcast account like five weeks ago, 
And he's like, uh, I don't know if it's he, but they were like, hey, I'm definitely going to watch this episode or watch this movie based on your review. And hey, if you want to rev- uh, hear my review on said movie, oh, catch my link. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what you will not see on the movie Draft House account is that sort of shenanigans. <laughs> Hey, I'll totally listen if you listen to mine. Right. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. So, uh, but yeah, catch a uh, if you want to catch Jeff on Twitter, you can find him at Podcast by Jeff. Where he's, if you uh, want to c- get in touch with me and try to trade podcast listens, <laughs> I'll do it, baby. <laughs> I don't care. Check out Spielberg chronologically. Thirty days of Van Damme, and if you want to listen to Mark. You have to do it right here. He's exclusively a draft house boy, Ooh. but you can talk to him on Twitter at I heard you liked. I'm a draft house boy. You're my draft house boy. <laughs> yeah, you got gonna... a pretty mouth. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be our first t shirt. Draft house boy. I still say from the uncut gems. Uh, it should be this shirt that says, I am not arguing the versatility of fuck. <laughs> go back and listen to Uncut Jim's episode. Still one I go back to every once in a while. It's good. Um, so, uh, yeah, catch us next week as we uh, we get down with Ewan McGregor, um, oh. Obi-Wan, as he's better known. And, uh, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye, y'all.